Hey, it's Moose Michaels. And normally you hear me weekday afternoons on Rock 93.7. But I have a confession. I love sports. And if you love sports, then we should probably love sports together. Don't you think? That's what this show's all about. This is the Press Box. One of the things that I love the most about summertime is all the baseball that gets played. I've got nephews that play in Little League. I played back in the day. Heck, just a few years ago, I found a men's league to play in in Nashville. And it's always a lot of fun. One of the main constants of my entire life from the time I was a kid till now is watching my St. Louis Cardinals play. And of course, you've got collegiate baseball. And Tennessee Tech is giving everyone a reason to cheer here in the Upper Cumberland. A 28-game winning streak. Ranked 16th in the nation. There's some big things on the horizon for the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles baseball team. And on this episode of the Press Box, we'll be talking with Tennessee Tech baseball coach Matt Braga. How you doing, coach? Hey, I'm doing great, Moose. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. An honor to have you. And uh, I got to get down to the nitty gritty right away. Best World Series game of all time. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You caught me on the spot. It's got to be Indians-Marlins in the mid-2000s through the snow up in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and I, I'm, not, I'm actually a Yankee fan, but that, that game sticks out to me because I grew up in Northeast Ohio, and just seeing snow and having the Florida Marlins up there in the snow, that, that, that's a pretty, uh, pretty awesome thing. I always go with game six of the 2011 World Series with the Cardinals and the Rangers. Ah, what, what was the interesting thing there, Moose? Well, it was it was tied up. The Cardinals the Cardinals were down. I think they were down seven five, okay. and they were down to their last strike in the night. They had two on, two outs, and uh, Matt or not Matt Carpenter. That's it's been so long ago now. It's hard to remember who was there. David Freeze laced yep. a laced a triple, and if if Adrian, not, golly, I can't remember all their names. Not Adrian Beltre. Uh, oh, he plays for the Mariners now. Uh, I don't. Sluggers. I don't know. You got me. <laughs> it's, I'm. 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 I'm already being horrible at this. Anyway, if he'd been playing, if the right fielder had been playing a little bit further back, he would have caught it. Game would have been over. Texas would have had their first world ser- uh, first world series. As it was, the Cardinals tied it up, and then uh, the Rangers came back and tied it up. It went to extra innings, and the Cardinals went down to the last strike again before uh, David Freese walked it off. Oh, that's awesome. I actually remember that. Are you a Cardinals fan? Oh, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Of course, being a Yankees fan, uh, Coach Braggy, you have far more World Series stories to call back on than the Cardinals do. <laughs> hey, but I got to preface it by telling you, though, now, I am I am not a bandwagon guy. I grew up in the I, – I, although I guess in the late 70s they were really good, but – I grew up in the late, you know, I got, was born early 70s, grew up late 70s, early 80s when I was a youngster, and, and uh, they were actually very good back then, but I loved Don Mattingly. He was my favorite player, and, and number 23, that guy, that guy caught my heart as a baseball player. Absolutely. So is, is that how you became a Yankees fan then, because of it Don? It is. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you what, one other guy, Thurman Munson, that catcher for him back in the, in the mid to late 70s, Love that guy. He was Ohio-born guy, and I just love that guy. You know, I always tell, I'm always interested in how people become fans of their teams. My entire uh, family on my dad's side, they're all Cubs fans. And right. I remember being like three years old. It's one of my earliest memories. 
and they were watching the Cubs and Cardinals back in the 80s. Nobody was cheering for the Cardinals, so I said, I'll cheer for the Cardinals. Didn't think anything else about it. All of a sudden, my grandpa started sending me all this Cardinals stuff, and it stuck. Oh, that's so. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. That, I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk about some uh, baseball a little bit closer to home. 28 games in a row. What did that mean to you as a coach? Well, I'll tell you what, that was, that was, uh, that was quite a run. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you ask your guys, and you don't even ask them, they know. I mean, but you just say, hey, let's go play as good as we can today, and we have a good club, and, and you know, we'll have a chance to win. And, and it just happened that way, and it continually continued and continued. And these guys reeled off 28 in a row. I mean, it, it, that was something, man. I'm, I'm telling you what, Moose, that was, that was quite a thrill. Um, for you know our program and just college baseball, and to watch these guys do that—that was—that was—that was quite a run. And then you know they lost one, and and then now they picked it back up right where they left off, and they're on another another little bit of a streak. So it's it's fun to watch them. They're a great group of young men. Now that that first streak, Coach Braga, I asked you what it did it mean to you as a coach. Now, what do you think it meant to your team and to the city of Cookville in general, being Tennessee oh. Tech, being you know that's that's the team here. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's awesome because I, I think it brought a lot of college national college baseball attention to Tennessee Tech and to Cookville. I mean, it was being mentioned everywhere. You know, I, I obviously love college baseball. Like, that's my thing, right? As, as, as a profession, it's what I do. And so I follow it very closely. And where you look around the country to the, to the college baseball gurus, so to say, I mean, it was, they were talking about it, and it was all over, and it was one of those things that kind of got us noticed. And then next thing you know, we're being ranked nationally and those type of things. And so, you know, it's great. It was great for our program, great for this great university and, uh, and this great city of Cookville. Now, I know this may sound a little weird to ask because you don't like to see a streak like that come to an end, but was it kind of a relief when it happened, or did you never feel that pressure? Okay, that's that's a fair, very good question, actually. And, you know, honestly, through about 25, 26 games, I don't think anybody felt any pressure. We were just going out there having fun, doing our thing, playing as good at baseball as we could. And for me, I can't speak for our guys, but maybe about game 26, 27, 28, yeah, I think think it got there. There was a little bit of heaviness that came with it. Now, pressure is what you make it. You know what I'm saying? I Mm -hmm. mean, the other day I'm walking out to the mound to talk to one of our pitchers, and he was struggling just a little bit, and we were on the road, and they were playing that song by uh, David Bowie, the, uh, Pressure, Under Pressure, mm-hmm. you know, it's pressure coming down on me. And I'm like, I went out, and I'm like, oh, I love this song. Like, this is awesome. So even though it was a pressure moment, you make you can make pressure moments into the, into the most fun, fantastic moments of your life. So that's what you try to do. But, yes, to be honest with you, yeah, it was a little bit bearing down on you, a little hanging over you at that point because we were closing in on the all-time national record, um, which was 34, and I think 28 was the highest it had been since, like, 2012, and uh, far and away the best this year. So, um, anyway, that's kind of, um, you know, how that came about. But a little bit towards the end and, you know, got over with and, and just got back to having fun again. We're talking with Tennessee Tech uh, baseball coach Matt Braga. Now, uh, Coach Braga, describe your team in just a word. Leadership. Good, good, good. That's that's always good to have on a baseball team. You know, when I when I talk to some of my coworkers, and you know, we we do live in football country, and baseball is my favorite sport. 
It's the thing I love watching. Uh, I think I think in baseball, almost more than any other sport, leadership uh, tends to play a bigger role because you're you're leading by example, and it's also the one baseball in general is just the one sport where a lot of times you can be called on to sacrifice your own stats, your own success for the betterment of the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we've been we've been fortunate, Moose. We have um, some of the best some of the best leaders I have ever been around on this team and just great young men that are, you know, been here a while. They've got great maturity about them, um, great experience about them. And they're just incredible people and they know how to go about their business and how to lead the young guys. And the great thing is I tell everyone this, they set the tone for the freshmen, the sophomores, the juniors. And the great thing from a coaching standpoint is then that that lives on. Like the freshmen right now are seeing how our juniors and seniors are getting it done, how they're leading by example, how they're leading vocally, how they go about their daily business with their work ethic and how they lead that way. And so then when those guys move up the chain to become juniors and seniors, they understand how it needs to be done. And so I really believe that we just have incredible player, internal player leadership, which obviously leads to great things no matter what your profession would be. Absolutely. Now you're you're talking about the kids, and as they're well, I call them kids. I guess they're not kids; they're young men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming, you know, they're they're coming up through the through the ranks as freshmen, on to sophomores, and on to seniors and stuff. Uh, on the college on the college baseball side of things, how aware are they of the analytics, like sabermetrics and stuff? How much does that play into the game that you guys are coaching? I, I think I think the young men understand the uh, metrics and the analytical side of this very well, M- much better than we did back when I was in school. Um, it, it's one of those things. It, it's visible. It's everywhere. Like stats are everywhere, not only for our team, but other teams and teams throughout the country and who's leading what. I mean, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. So unless the guys are hiding under a pillow and they're not, they're aware of metrics how big are they in the game they're, they're huge i mean you know let's be honest the oakland a's you know billy bean he built that you know when they back in the day when they were winning some world series championships he kind of built that structure of using metrics to build his baseball team at, at the oakland a's and so you know from our standpoint they do make a difference i mean slugging and on base percentage combined whip what's the walk and hits allowed per inning I mean, those are big metrics for us and very important. Now, one thing I will say, they are not the tell-all, end-all, be-all, because sometimes, and, and you hear this a lot in athletics, you just, it just doesn't tell the whole story. You may have a guy that's one of your best guys, but his, his walks and hits per innings pitched as a pitcher is just okay. But he's such a competitor and such a warrior on the mound you just throw the metrics out the, out the door. Guys on second, third, one out, he's going to find a way to get out of that, out of that situation unscathed because of who he is as a competitor. So they're great to have. They're incredible knowledge, but they definitely do not tell the whole story. Absolutely not. You know, you're talking about that, and uh, I know this is more on the professional side, but I remember uh, Mike Shosha last year, Albert Pujols was, by definition of war, the worst uh, player in all of Major League Baseball. Did, wow. you, did you ever think you would hear somebody say that? Good night. No, I did not. I, I never heard him say, did not know that. Oh, well, Mike Sosha so said that's, that's not true, that he's a clutch player, but all the all the metrics all say that he was by far the worst player in the league. 
good night. That's unbelievable because you're talking about a guy that's a future Hall of Famer and, mm-hmm. you know, all the home runs and all the records, the 3,000 hits he just got. I mean, that's amazing and mind-boggling. And there again, that's exactly going back to what we're saying, right, that the metrics don't tell the whole story. Absolutely. Um, now, when you've got, you've got players, and, and we've all been there, I only got to play baseball a little bit through high school. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all I could do was was hit for power. That was it. Uh-huh. I couldn't. Right. Uh, I couldn't run. I couldn't play defense. Nothing. Um, but a lot of. But I still had that dream. I wanted to play in the major league someday. And I'm sure a lot of the guys that play for Tech uh, feel the same way. So that that being said, uh, do you guys do your best to try to set them up for a lot of these new rules they're trying out in the minor leagues? Not not really. I mean, like for example, there there's the the move when there's runners on first and third. Where the, the in the big leagues right now and in the minor leagues, you can't you can't use the three to one move, which is where the pitcher you know steps and arm fakes to third, like mm-hmm. picking off at third, but then he wheels and looks to try to get the guy at first picked off. And that that move, for instance, is no longer allowed in major league baseball or minor league baseball. College baseball, it's still allowed and still able to be used, and it's an advantage to the team that can use it. So even though they would not be able to use it at the next level, no shot. We're worried about what they're doing at the next level. We are using what's best to our advantage to win the game that we presently have at the college baseball level. So even though there's a lot of good in that and college baseball may follow suit soon, we're going to take advantage of what we do have even though it's not allowed at the next level. The one thing I hope I never see happen in college baseball, Coach Braga, is that new rule. I went down to see the Chattanooga Lookouts, and they had a tie okay. game and extra innings, and they automatically got a runner on second. The oh, first team my did. goodness, yes. I hate yeah, that. No, <laughs> no is, you can't do that. A lot of travel ball, like if you watch travel teams, that you know whether they're 10 years old or 17 years old, it, it, they call it the international tiebreaker rule. And they'll put guys out there at second with one out and in an extra inning game. And it's like, oh, please, no, don't do that. And I don't think you'll see college follow suit. And I think they're doing that in summer leagues, college summer leagues right now. And one of the reasons they're doing that is to save pitching. It basically, it makes the end of the game go quicker. And so it saves guys from having to pitch longer. And so they're looking out for the betterment of player development and player safety. We're talking with Tennessee Tank baseball coach Matt Braga. Coach Braga, just uh, a couple of more uh, questions for you. Uh, Adam, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Adam Liberatore, he helped finish off a combined no-hitter with the Dodgers earlier this month. What's that mean uh, for the guys, current guys on the team, seeing a former Golden Eagle be a part of something like that? Oh, it's awesome. You know, and the great thing about it is Adam was just here right before he went to spring training. He came down and worked out with our guys and, you know, uh, got out, and, and, and it's just good. You know, had a chance to visit with our pitching staff and so on and so forth and say hey and all those good things. So so not only is it great for the program that we've, you know, there's a guy that's throwing the ninth inning of a no-hitter and, and uh, with, the, with the Dodgers, um, but it's great that he still feels enough a part of this program that he comes back and, and our current players who, you know, all aspire to play professionally – get a chance to talk with them and rub elbows with them and that type of thing. So, so it's just neat. It's great for our program, and, and uh, we're excited for Adam. What a great young man. All right. Which all-time baseball great in their prime 
will help your team more? A prime Nolan Ryan, a prime Mickey Mantle, or a prime Albert Pujols? Who would you pick? <laughs> I'm going Nolan Ryan, and I, and I say that because at the end of the day, as, as great as offense is, and I'm an offensive guy, pitching and defense win championships, and it's hard to find a guy better than Nolan Ryan. So I'm taking Ryan on the bump any day of the year. Absolutely. Go Golden Eagles. Uh, Coach Braga, thanks so much for your time. Oh, man, Moose, thanks for having me. Another big thanks to Coach Matt Braga of the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagle baseball team for uh, talking with me today on this episode of the Press Box. For this episode and more, be sure to check out the Press Box at rock937online.com. I'm Moose Michaels. Thanks for listening.